Welcome to a special edition of the Great American Collectibles Show, broadcasting from the National Sports Collectors Convention in Atlantic City. This week's special show is brought to you by PSA and Heritage Auctions. Now, coming to you from the Berkus stage, here's Tom, Rico, JM, and special guest host, Derek Grady. No, that's fine. All right, we're ready to go. Hi, my name is Tom Zappala with my two great co-hosts, John Mallory and Red Sox Hall of Famer Rico Petroselli. For you Boston fans, I think everybody knows who Rico is. Uh, five-time All-Star. Derek Grady uh, from Heritage Auctions is going to be joining us, but he's... There he is. Oh, he's always late. <laughs> uh, name of the show is The Great American Collectible Show. Uh, this show. Joe. We heard Derek kind of talk about growing up and the Pirates. We heard Rico talk about kind of his memories. All right, now go sit down. As I said, this, this starts with players. What players growing up brought you into this? What, what made you a fan and then transformed into making it your, your life's work? You know, growing up, I mean, baseball, I, I, I like a lot of different sports, but baseball was always yeah. my sport. Johnny Bench was the first, yeah. you know, yeah. major sure. sort of player that, that, that I followed. And, and hold on, hold on. Joe Orlando, he hoarded all of the Johnny Bench memorabilia <laughs> in existence. Yeah, and then my wife remodeled the kitchen, and the memorabilia disappeared. That's right. So... <laughs> It all goes to the house, Joe. <laughs> it right. all goes to the house, man. But you love, you're a bench guy. You like Johnny Bench. Yeah, He's a I fan. Mean, he, he, he was one that really yeah. stood out. But, yeah. uh, I, you know, I, yeah, I grew up, I mean, Derek, Derek and I uh, grew up, you know, we're on the same age. So, seven, you know, the 70 stars, yeah. you know, was, Eddie Murray, yeah. uh, you know, Mike Schmidt. I mean, all those great players. That so, was, uh, I'm a little older than you guys, but that was my era, too. Yaz is the guy that brought that brought me to it, you know, and then those, all those Red Sox, Carlton Fest, that was a great crew that they had no wild card back then, so we couldn't get in the playoffs because the Yankees were always a little better, or the Orioles, but that was my time, too. Yeah. All right, listen, we have another trivia question here. We're going to be, you know, just throwing out some trivia questions over the course of the next hour. Um, this is kind of an interesting one. Easy for most of you guys, but I need a quick answer. Who is the last... 30-game winner in the American League. Who was the last 30-game winner? Danny McClain. Tommy, Tom, you already have one of those. Hey, how about some Pokemon cards? <laughs> it's Pokemon. He's not Whatever a superhero. It it's not Pokemon. Pokemon, Pokemon. <laughs> like tuna Pokemon right. or something. Right. <laughs> really. Um, why don't you guys... Uh, Joe, I know you're just coming on board with uh, Heritage, but... Why don't you guys talk about, you know, besides the Mickey Mantle card that you guys have there, you have some amazing, great amazing stuff. Yeah, great stuff. Memorabilia. Why don't you talk about it? Sorry. Um, Do you know what's out there? Oh, I mean, yeah. There's, can, a, there's, uh, a, there's a lot of nice stuff out there. Yeah. <laughs> Do I nice know what's out there? There's a lot of nice stuff. I mean, it's like amazing. Okay. So there's a lot of great game-used bats. And I know Joe's collected game-used bats. So I'm going to let him take that one on the game-used yeah. bats. What do we have, Joe? Oh, yeah. I, so uh, I think the, the highlight of the auction is... Uh, 
a Babe Ruth gamer that's autographed. It's not personalized, but it's an early Ruth, I think 1920, if I recall correctly. It's almost 44 ounces. <laughs> so it's, it's a, a war club. It's, it's, it's a, a you know, it's a small tree uh, as uh, as Ruth was <laughs> known to use at that time of his career. There's a 19. This one will, you guys will like. There's a 1955 Ted Williams All Star Game bat that is just awesome. I mean, it has all of the proper player characteristics for Williams, the right, you know, stitch marks in the right area of the barrel, but just a tremendous, tremendous bat. There's a Yogi Berra All-Star bat, 1960. Camp, there's a a uh, mid-50s Campy, I think 1955. There's there's a ton of them over there. I mean, it's Bays, like it, it's really it's like a mini museum. Yeah. At, yeah. at your booth, which is a nice, great size booth. And there's game worn jerseys over there. There's um, original photos, type one. There's the original photo of the Cracker Jack Ty Cobb that's gotten tremendous interest. It's a gorgeous photo. There's the James Harrison collection. Any Steeler fans out there? We have a bunch of James Harrison jerseys. Any shoulder more bats. David Hall cuts? Any who? No, no David Hall cards in this one, but we'll have more coming up. <laughs> um, there's autographed baseballs, Babe Ruth signed baseballs, team signed baseballs, tickets. Tickets are hot. There's some Joe Jackson key moment tickets from 1920, I'm sorry, 1919, 1915 maybe. It's, it's really a great display, and it's right there in the middle of the corporate area wherever you see all the museum-type cases. Come by, take a look. Take your picture with the, the $10 million mantle card. Likely to go for more than $10 million, but lots of people have been getting a picture with it. Take it, you know, come you know, over. We, we've talked about this before. Um, per, my personal collection, and I, you have a lot to do with it, talking to you, Joe, and actually talking to you and Joe Tomasulo. I've whittled down my card collection and have started gravitating towards memorabilia, primarily signed baseballs, bats, Shirts were a little too cumbersome for me, but I really am getting into the memorabilia because I think you've said it and you've said it. It's like the player's DNA is is on the ice. They touched it. They used it. It's exactly part of them. You know, whether it be an autograph. I mean, and you know, some of my stuff is not extremely valuable, but it's it means a lot to me because it was touched by the player that I like. You know, I was just talking. about that Chief Myers ball. You know, I, I have I have my T206 Christy Matthewson, PSA 6, that should have been a 7, but we're not going to go down that road. Uh, I have... Hey, don't ne- talk to me. I, I can't help you. Can't help. Ne- next to that, I have my um, Pitching in a Pinch, first edition, written by Christy Matthewson in my little case. And then next to that, I have my... T206 Chief Myers PSA 6. Now, Chief Myers was Christy Matthewson's battery mate for pretty much his entire career. And then next to that, I think I have one of two signed baseballs by Chief Myers next to the Chief Myers card, and the word Chief is signed in Native American. Now, it's not a really, really valuable ball, but that's type, type, the type of stuff that I'm talking about. It's the about. most you're ever going to hear Chief Myers mentioned in your life, so <laughs> I'm, I'm, I apologize for I mean, that. That's <laughs> five times we've heard his name can, in can I, the last can five I, seconds. Ray, can I have a little support here? I mean, Thank we're you. talking about Babe Ruth and Bob Gibson, you. and you're throwing in Chief Myers. Chief <laughs> Myers. Let me tell you, stuff. this is riveting broadcasting. You know, right you know what my favorite? I got a Denny Doyle card from 1974. I could. Uh, this is why we have 18 
15 <laughs> listeners you across can, the globe. You can laugh, but my favorite autograph is my Stuffy McGinnis autograph. That's my favorite autograph, my Stuffy McGinnis. Okay. I'm just letting you know. That's All great. Right. I guess this would be called a lull. Yes. Right now, the, right, Joe? I, <laughs> this is the commercial break. So, no, so why did they call him Stuffy? Have, I, I don't. I, I have no that idea. Was a break. I have. I have no idea. Did you? You were never a teacher or six collector, were you? I, you know what? It's something I've never collected personally. No. And how about you? Uh, T206, I have wanted to start that set oh, 12 times over the last 12 years. And every time I don't do it, I regret it the next year that I didn't start. Now fives are expensive. Threes are expensive. So it's just like, you know what? So tell us a little bit about your collection. My collection? Okay. So because grading cards for so many years, I see them in my sleep. Um, graded millions of cards, so it's hard for me to want to collect cards. I would say, but I did really take an interest in signed cards. So I have a lot of signed rookie cards, a run of. So my guys were Mays, Clemente, and Aaron, and I have every Mays card signed, every Aaron card signed, some Clemente signed, some Mickey Mantle card signed. But anyway, a lot of signed rookies. And then I got into game worn jerseys. So I have a, well, I have over 200 game worn jerseys. So I really like having a piece of the game there. I have some Bath game used baths. That's pretty much the so, value. All right, so where do you display 200 game-used jerseys? I don't. They're in, I'm one of the guys that don't display anything, but it's just in my brain that I have it, so I feel good about it. So it's in a kind of a gun safe where I have no guns, but I have memorabilia. Very Hi, few things on display. Andy Montero, vice president of marketing for the team that got beat by the Celtics. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> Joe, what about your collection? Uh, I have a much smaller collection. <laughs> it's about uh, maybe 20, 22 items, but most of it is uh, game used bats, although I have some display pieces, some autographs, a you know, few different types of items. But my, the, the main sort of core of my collection is I've, I've put together, I'm trying to put together my all-time lineup of game used bats. So... Uh, that's the core, the foundation of it. But again, I have a, a few different. I have a, you know a Johnny Bench game used mitt. Um, I have a few other things. But yeah, not not a huge collection in terms of quantity, but, but things that things are special that mean to, to me. you. So let's show of hands. Does anybody in this audience have a pretty decent collection of either cards or memorabilia? Ray, come up here. Come on up here. Ray Fornio. We call him Philly Ray. Who collects soccer cards? I want to. I want to collect soccer I, cards. I kind of want to fill My out man. some of the some of the people. Andy, I want you have a hell of a collection too. We're going to talk to Andy. Come, Come right up here for a second. This way. Okay. <clears throat> Good for you. Take you your time, here. Ray. We're, like we have all day. Yep. Yep. Soccer. Might as well. Oh, soccer More Pokemon. Oh, thank you. Yeah, not a problem. I want to get. I want to get I you some of you, some, you know some feedback from you folks out there, a few people, as to what you collect and what it means to you. Ray, right over here. All right. Is Ray sitting down here? Hi, Ray. How are you doing? Ray Fonio from Philadelphia. Ray, right? Yeah, that's right. All right. So, what do you collect, Ray? Uh, mostly PSA graded baseball cards for set registries. I'm a set registry addict, like the 300 great baseball card set, post-war rookie Hall of Fame. Um, I'm in t dozens of set registries, so mainly rookie Hall of Fame cards. Rookie Hall of Fame cards. Okay, that's cool. That's yeah. cool. Do you have a favorite set? Uh, 54 tops. Okay. 
And you have the complete set? No, I'm just doing the Hall of Fame graded cards right now of all the Hall of Famers from that year. So it's it's, it's something that's it's aesthetically pleasing. I love the look of the 54 tops, and uh, it just looks great. Now, Joe, correct me if I'm wrong, but the set yeah. registry, you were really, unless I'm wrong, you were really the conductor of that yeah. whole train creating yeah. that, weren't you? I, 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 don't, I wouldn't say that. I was one, I, one of a small team, but yeah, we, we started that, uh, I guess it was about 2001, right around there. Um, and we followed in the footsteps, actually, of PCGS, which was the coin division at uh, Collector's Universe. They started theirs a couple of years earlier. So we kind of, you know, looked at the concept that they were doing and then, Especially you know, bought the banks, uh, started it for PSA, but uh, the rest is history. I mean, it's become... I mean, it's become... Uh, it's become yeah. a, it's, it's like a giant. And it's all yeah. exactly. <laughs> it has. Andy, why don't you come on up here, too? Again, I want to talk. Thank you, Ray. I appreciate okay, it. Thank you. I, I want to just kind of... There's a couple of people that I know that have some pretty damn nice collections. <laughs> and this is one gentleman, uh, Andy Montero. To a uh, can we re can we put a new okay Andy? Uh, so we'll get Andy. Uh, I can let oh, him have gonna, mine. He's going to flip it out. He's going to let him use mine. Andy, right here, and he's going to he's going to put a new battery in for you. Why don't you give him your mic for now? We should probably take yours away, but you know, <laughs> I think me, that's wait, a good idea. Wait, here's, too. here's the dead air. Chief Myers, <laughs> Chief Myers, right. everybody. You guys right. are killing me. <laughs> all right, a uh, Andy Montero. Andy, first of all, why don't you tell us? Uh, what your title is and who you work for? Uh, that's not that's not important. Uh, not a big deal there. I'm a big collector, right. and I am a big collector of PSA cards. I've been collecting PSA cards almost, uh, I would say, back 1991 when I first started. Uh, and basically, uh, what I collect is I collect Cracker Jack baseball cards, and. Uh, Cracker Deck 1915 specifically over 1914 because they were easily more easy to get uh, and they came out cleaner. You can order that set instead of just getting them from the box. Uh, they're very hard to find still. In addition to that, I collect all the autographs of the 19 of the 176 players in the crack in the 1915 Cracker Jack set. And in addition to that, I collect Charles Conlon uh, original Type One photographs of all the Cracker Deck players as well. And all of them in PSA nines, eights sevens on the cards, the autographs and nines and tens, and all my photos are also all authenticated PSA DNA. So guys, what do you think about, I mean, and I, you talk to a lot of collectors, we talk to a lot of collectors, we talk to guys on both ends, whether it's people selling cards, consigning cards, or the consumer, and, and I find it's, it's kind of split. Some people are trying to get full sets, whether it's a particular year and a particular brand. Other people are going after marquee individual cards. Sets versus individual cards. What's the, what's the climate like with that right now, you guys? Start, Andy, we'll start with you. Yeah, with me, I love the set registry. Yeah. That, that's one of the things that got me into uh, you know, getting everything graded, everything authenticated, not only for peace of mind, but also to make sure that my collection uh, uniformly across the board all had the same brand of PSA. Uh, and basically the registry, you know, it, it's, it's not just collecting the Hall of Famers. Some of these autographs of the common players are very tough to find. For instance, Armando Marsans. He's a Cuban-American baseball player. Uh, he played only for a couple of years for the Cincinnati Reds and the St. Louis Cardinals. And uh, in order for me to get that autograph, I wasn't able to get it in a government postcard or an index card. I had to go get his original contract. Uh, and his original contract, believe it or not, uh, the person who signed them as well was Branch Rickey uh, back then as well. 
So the, the PSA site registry uh, has allowed me, in fact, in talking to Joe uh, for many years, I, I, I got him to do uh, the 1915 Cracker Jack companion set. It's on the registry set. And I got it allowed me to follow each and every of the players. And most of these autographs, I have to find them in RAW. have to look around everywhere to look for them. Uh, but at, at the end of the day, you know, I have them all registered on the registry. And for me, the registry is phenomenal. East Coast Sports Marketing and Hunt Auctions are pleased to present the Philadelphia Sports Collector Show or the Philly Show from Friday, March 10th through Sunday the 12th at the Greater Philadelphia Expo Center Hall B100 Station Ave in Oaks, Pennsylvania. Shop over 250 of your favorite hobby dealer booths on over 75,000 square feet of space, sports collectibles heaven from 1800s to present day. Major auction houses and third-party grading and authentication companies will be on hand to assist you in your collecting needs. The Philly Show is family-friendly and anyone under 10 gets in for free. Autograph guests to include Baseball Hall of Famers Johnny Bench, Mike Schmidt, Steve Carlton, baseball stars Pete Rose, Ken Griffey Sr., and many more. For more information, go to phillyshow.com. That's phillyshow.com. Remember, since 1975, the Philly Show is where it all began. We'll get back to the National after this break. Since 1996, Brian Drent and the staff at Denver's Mile High Card Company have led the charge in the collectibles hobby. Mile High is a full-service dealer specializing in buying and selling cards and offers a competitive consignment program for all collectors. Whether it be their computerized want list service, appraisals, or auction services, Mile High has it all. If you've been searching for a company with a selection of high-grade vintage 1888 to 1970 baseball cards and memorabilia that shares your passion, aim high, Mile High. Go to milehighcardco.com or call 303-840-2784 for more information. This is Brian Drent, president of Mile High Card Company. Is your sports card and memorabilia collection properly insured? For easily replaced personal property, homeowner's insurance is all most people need. But for prized possessions that you may have spent a lifetime collecting, it doesn't go nearly far enough. Collectibles Insurance Services has been insuring for over 50 years. They offer a full range of protection and a $0 deductible at an affordable rate with no appraisals required. I know because they insure my collection. If you have a minute, go to collectinsure.com and learn more about insuring your personal card or memorabilia collection. Hi, this is Dan from Memory Lane Auctions here to remind you that the renowned Memory Lane Collectibles Company has served as a beacon of light to the collecting community for the past several decades. Indeed, folks, it has been our utmost privilege and pleasure to provide the most enthusiastic collectors with an abundance of the finest sports cards and memorabilia for America's most coveted sports personalities via our world-class auctions. Whether you choose either a private sale transaction or the auction route, Memory Lane cordially invites you to reach out to us to maximize the value of your prized possessions. Also, it is not just sales that we pride ourselves on being the best of the rest, because if you are seeking a particular keepsake for your esteemed gathering, we will be relentless in our quest to find that special piece to fulfill your collecting dreams. So no time to wait. Reach out to us today for the purposes of capitalizing on our unparalleled marketing capabilities. Simply pick up the phone and dial 877-606-5263. That's 877-606-LANE. Or find us on the World Wide Web at www.memorylaneinc.com. Now is the time for your valued consignment to ultimately become 
another one of Memory Lane's record-setting prices. How would you like to own the bat that was used by your favorite player when he hit that towering home run or game-winning base hit? Now look no further than JT Sports, specializing in the sale and authentication of professional game-used bats. As the official authenticators of professional model game-used bats for PSA DNA, JT Sports will guarantee the authenticity of any bat purchased from them. JT Sports also buys and sells game-worn uniforms, gloves, and baseball equipment. The unique quality of the collectible is what JT Sports is all about. Give them a call at 609-487-8003 or check them out at GameUseBats.com. With record-breaking sales from everything from the white border T206 Hollandus Wagner for $3.12 million to some great items that support the Jackie Robinson Foundation, Golden Auctions has set the highest standards for the finest in sports cards, autographs, and game-used memorabilia. We're always accepting consignments of high-end premium sports treasures or entire collections. Please register for our next auction and bid now at goldenauctions.com. That's golden with an I. We at Golden Auctions are committed to providing Providing unsurpassed customer service for the discriminating collector. That's exactly why we're the leader in the industry. Visit goldenauctions.com or call 856-767-8550. Remember, Golden Auctions. We don't just break records, we shatter them. Interesting. Interesting. All right, we have another guest that we, uh, we asked to come join us. Uh, Dave Steinberger is a Vice President of Customer Care. Uh, customer insights and experience. All right, pretty good. Not, yeah, bad. not bad. I mean, not I used bad. to always get it wrong. Now at least they have getting it possibly close, right. Close. Uh, Dave is with PSA, and I got to tell you one thing that this guy does. He does not hide, and I think that's a good thing. Uh, I mean, I've seen uh, on the show uh, we have a lot of viewers and a lot of listeners. David will be watching the show sometime, and they'll be registering a complaint or asking for some type of information and he's right there answering their questions not afraid to give out his number and you know everybody knows that PSA has had you know had a bumpy road for a while and it kind of things are smoothing out so why don't you tell us some of the things that are happening David sure thanks Tom hey everybody um, you know so yeah as Tom pointed out I mean the last two years have been a challenge trying to deal with the, the massive uh, uh, demand that we received, especially in the early part of 2021. Um, we've really been um, tackling that backlog for, for about a year and a half now, um, while we continue to grow and expand and, and build uh, lots of new um, components to our business, like the, like the uh, Collector's Vault that just launched uh, here at the National. Um, so, we're focused on a lot of new things while also making sure we're tackling the backlog and, and, uh, and addressing the, the orders that have been in the building for, too, for a little too long. Now, the backlog's almost all done. Um, the 2021 backlog is, is nearly completed. All of the new orders that are being submitted now here or, or in the mail are all being processed uh, quickly and on time. Um, you know, we've grown like crazy. I, I've been with the company for two years. Uh, when I joined, we were under 500 people. We're now over 1,500. Uh, we've expanded our footprint in Southern California, tripling our, our space there. We just opened a New Jersey office. So for the first time ever, we're grading cards in some place other than, uh, than Southern California. Um, are those the Jersey guys? <laughs> those are them? 
<laughs> the Jersey guys. This guy should be in Boston. <laughs> Sorry, Dave. I no, digress. No, no. no, so I mean, it's it's all good. It's been look the 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 last year and a half or so has um, required patience from our customers. Um, uh, you know, it's been tough on our employees. It's been uh, rough on everyone, but in, in a good way. I mean, we've got a ton of demand, a ton of submissions, um, and a, a lot of orders that we needed to, to process and get through. Um, and like I said, we've we've made great strides. Uh, we've got you know more graders than we've ever had. We've got more everything than we've ever had, basically. Now, and you guys have also expanded your footprint into other entities, like Card Ladder, for instance. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so I mean, just to give a little background for those who don't know, I mean, uh, PSA was a part of Collectors Universe, which is a which was a public company. Uh, and as a public company. You know, the company was paying out stock dividends and was 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 uh, you know was was operating really more as like a, a stable company than a hyper growth company. The market has taken off and exploded. We we were acquired and taken private, and really once that happened, the investment in the business took off. Um, so for the last two years, we've been investing a ton in in technology, in research and development, and in acquisitions. And so. You know, to, to uh, Tom's point, you know, we acquired Card Ladder. Uh, Genement was a company we acquired and, and, and integrated in their technology into PSA's operations. Um, uh, of course, uh, you know, we're a part of the Collectors brand, and Collectors also owns uh, Golden. And then, of course, the, the vault that we just announced is, is kind of part of that uh, full ecosystem then of submitting cards, storing cards, uh, selling cards, and, and, and rinse and repeat sort of thing. So uh, we're really trying to provide really a complete ecosystem uh, for collectors. And, uh, so. Dave, can you talk about PSA here at the National? I mean, it's one of the big reasons a lot of people come out here yeah. with their cards. I'm talking maybe the logistically, uh, workflow, the crowds, the lines, everything like that. I mean, it's uh, it's obviously a, a big draw for yeah. this event. Yeah, it's uh, it's a huge operation. I mean, you guys can't see what's uh, behind the wall over there, but it's probably so, good those walls are there. Yeah, right? I mean, yeah. you know, uh, in a matter of uh, 36 hours, we basically built a full-scale grading operation. Yeah. I mean, yeah. uh, um, it's it's pretty incredible what's what's going on over there, and and yeah, I mean the. The, the 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 lines have been long, but we've been managing, and um, it's just exciting. You know, we we've all, you know, coming into this, we've all heard, um, oh, you know, market is softening and things are changing and things. You know, nothing around here looks like the market softening. I mean, <laughs> things are things are exploding. Things are there's a ton of uh, passion and maybe still some uh, irrational exuberance for all of us to get excited about. And uh, you know, it's just good times continue. So good. Thanks for coming. My pleasure. We appreciate it. And uh, again, anybody, if you have a question, if you have a complaint, <laughs> he's the guy to call. Thanks, Al. My pleasure. Bye, Take care. <laughs> All right, let's give out some packs. But he does have an entourage and protectors yeah, out there. Entourage. Those are his bodyguards out there, so be packs. careful. <laughs> Just don't get in the eye. Right. Jeez. Oh. Oh, <laughs> it's like you're flinging pop tarts at people it's or something. All right? in the wrist. It's all in the wrist. <laughs> I used to wipe out. You guys don't understand. I used to wipe out the neighborhood, flipping cards. <laughs> See, except in Boston, we used to call it nice grab right there. We used to call it catch. scalers. <laughs> we used to call it scalers. Yeah. 
Is that what you call it? No, I was much younger than you. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we called the scalers flipping against the wall, uh, right? No, we had running water and cars and stuff like that, so we had other things to do. <laughs> amazing, amazing. All right, is there anybody else here that has a collection that you think is worth sharing with the rest of these people? Nobody? Well, let, let me ask a question, because we, we talked about this a few minutes ago. We, I, I don't know if I'm, maybe this isn't the right word, like a theme, a theme collection, that you're not just out randomly connect, collecting maybe the most expensive card. Do most have people have like a, a certain type of thing you collect? Raise your hand if you're collecting a certain sport, a certain set, a certain athlete, and other people just randomly go out. I mean, is it more based on money? I mean, it's an interesting situation. What has he got? He's coming up? Well, yeah. Come here. No, actually, come on up here because you're making a good point. Uh, this gentleman has one set, and it's, as, as, uh, as Derek is saying, and as he's saying, it's kind of an oddball set. So, uh, and what is your, what's your name? Hey, my name's Michael. Michael. So, yeah. what, is, what do you collect? What, is, what are you working on? The, the 1969 Topps Deckel Edge. It's beautiful black and white photos with the uh, very uh, unique kind of scrolling on the sides of it. 33 cards. 33 cards total, yeah. And they're all, are they graded? Uh, yeah, I got them all graded. Uh, trying to get them all in the same grade. I'm being super picky about it, so I'm going PSA fives across the board. So it's somewhat affordable. See, for this me. is what I'm talking. This is yeah. like yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, but I, I find that interesting. I think a lot of people do that. Yeah, they're looking for this particular thing. It's a theme. It. Yeah. Is there anybody else here? Thank you very much. Is there anybody else here that has a particular collection? You you don't have to speak if you don't want, but just raise your hand. Uh, kind of an oddball, odd. Uh, collecting habit that you have, whether it be cards or memorabilia, you know, uh, teams, maybe teams, particular teams, third, years, you know, yeah. you know, lefty third baseman. Yes, sir. What do you have? Did, you, did he say Mets? New York Mets. 1960 through, through, through 1990. Wow. Wow. Good. And we talked earlier, Joe, about that. It has to start with the passion. Obviously, that I'm guessing he's not a Red Sox fan. You know, he's a Mets fan. That's what he likes to collect. And along the way, probably some good players along, you know? That's right. And I think you know, when we talk about set collecting, a lot of people think, oh, you mean like 52 tops or 69. Right. You, right. Can, you can create your own set. And that's what, that what, that's what he's done. We talked earlier, Andy, you know, Montero. You can make it anything you want. And that's, that's the beauty of collecting. You can make up your own theme, your own checklist, and then check them off the list as you get them. And this, that gentleman that was up with us, he wants all the same number grade. Right. Yeah, you're, you have a problem. No, I'm checking. No, well, no, we he, all do. He's a collector, yeah. He's, like, he's just like exactly. the rest of We us. all do. Yeah. You know, I want to ask both Joe and Derek. I'll start with you first, Derek. You know, 15 years ago, 20 years ago, it was an absolute no-no to get a baseball card signed. Now, it seems as though things have done a 100% about face. Last week uh, on the show, uh, we had a gentleman, his name is Tom Rudgy. Rudgy. Rugy. 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 Uh, from Florida. And he has the entire 1952 top set, with the exception of five cards, yeah. signed. Signed. Yeah. By players. Question is, has that that whole philosophy turned around? I mean, it is kind of cool now to get a card signed. 
I, I mean, I think it has because it's so popular right now. But the, there is one issue. The players know this and the agents know it. Now they're charging more for a rookie card to Good get point. it signed. Good point. But it, no, it's still a super cool hobby and to, to get cards signed. And Tom is reaching for packs here. He's going to show us his horrible wrists and throw them. But no, I mean, look, uh, Bill Russell started charging more for his rookie card. Um, I know that. And, I, and I, I'm pretty sure Bobby Orr charges Locking more for his rookie sign. card. Sign. Okay. They charge more to sign it. Yeah. Joe? And, what do, you, what do you say? What are your thoughts on that, Joe? Yeah, I think, by the way, I, I think Mays, too. Um, yeah, when I was, when I, again, when the, when the hobby became this huge phenomenon in the 80s, I remember going around card shows, and you could find autographed cards, and they were, I don't want to say they were like toss-ins to oh, deals, but they were. You're right. it was the, the card purists in those days were like, no, you're not supposed to put an autograph on a card. But now, it's, it's, as Derek has said, it, it's completely changed. I mean, people realize that actually you're marrying what you described earlier, Tom, kind of that personal touch with the card, that nostalgia that we remember as kids opening packs into one item. And, it's, I mean, it, and, and now, obviously, you can have them graded and slabbed. Um, they have become incredibly popular. Of course, we, we talked in the past about that great Uncle Jimmy find right. um, you know, a couple of years ago. And... I mean, all you have to do is just look at some of the prices for, for these autographed cards. Again, especially rookie cards, as Derek has pointed out. That's, that's probably been the most popular medium to collect the autographs on. Can you guys, and, and Zap, you can chime in too because you're, you're in this business in a way. Um, can you talk about trends? Things that are happening in the business, whether it's autograph cards, whether it's a move toward the contracts, the tickets, kind of these off items, not just cards, other types of memorabilia. <laughs> are there trends that people can look for maybe throughout the end of this year and then, you know, moving forward two, three, five years that sure. you see? Sure. Yeah, yeah go ahead. Jump in. Um, I'll, I'm going to go a, a little bit different route. Instead of picking a particular, you know, category, because virtually every category has had a nice run here in the last couple of years. It always starts yeah. with cards, and then everything else seems to follow. Tickets, game used, jerseys, bats, photos, everything. I do think there is a trend that has developed uh, in a really meaningful way the last few years. People are buying graded items, whether it's a card, again, a game used item. But eye appeal is becoming more and more of a factor, and people are paying tremendous premiums for something like, you know, if you had, let's say we had 10 PSA 4s lined up on the table, but one of them was dead centered and had great color, absent any, you know, uh, annoying print defects, that card is going to sell for not just a little bit more, way more than all of the other 4s, even though that baseline grade is the same. The ones with exceptional eye appeal are going for a lot more. And again, this is true in all of those different fields. Game used, you know, type one photos, whatever it is. If it has that X factor, that extra level of beauty, and you kind of know it when you see it. It's not a technical grading thing. It's, wow, that, that, that looks incredible. That looks awesome. Joe, those is, types of items are is, going. Is that, is that because the collector is becoming more sophisticated? 100%. That's a, that's, that's a big reason behind it. That collectors are become, becoming more savvy, sophisticated, and they're, they're realizing that, look, you, we're all spending money on, the, on these items, in some cases a ton of money, um, and if you're going to 
to spend a lot of money on something, you want it to look good, right? It's, it's, it's sort of intuitive. Yeah. So people are willing to pay a, a little bit more and sometimes a lot more for something that has exquisite eye appeal for that particular item, for that issue. Derek, what are your thoughts on this? You know, I, I totally agree with Joe. I mean, in, so in the 80s when I was buying vintage cards, centering was important, but it is, was nowhere near as important as it, as it is today. And you would buy pack fresh cards that were off center, came right out of packs, and they would be graded as mint by dealers, near mint to mint. Now, it, you know, it's hard, Joe, to even get two to one centering, which technically makes an eight, but you don't see the graders always put them in eights. They usually go to seven now. So centered cards, I've seen PSA threes on, say, a 52 mantle sell for more than PSA fives. So a five that's 80-20 off center and a PSA three that's dead centered can outperform it. So... I've learned to collect that way, too, that eye appeal means so much more yeah, uh, than the technical grade. Yeah, yeah from, from an aesthetic standpoint. I mean, it is a it is a visual medium, right? I mean, yeah. you, you want it to look nice. You want it to look good. When I first uh, came in with, with Zap doing the Cracker Jack book, I honestly had, I didn't know anything about the Cracker Jack collection. What struck me was that red background. Yeah. Like, you know, I had grown up in the 70s, 80s, 90s, the fields behind them, whatever. When I saw those, when I first saw those Cracker Jack cards with that red background, it just jumped out at me. These were great looking cards. Yeah, I mean, that's why we're drawn to it. And, and, and what I think Derek and I are talking about, so there's, there's, there's eye appeal that, are, that is inherent to the issue. And I think that's what you're talking about. Yeah. Like, Cracker Jacks are just awesome looking cards, yeah. period, right? It's just great. Yeah. And then, you know, kind of what, what I think Derek and I are talking about is, does the item have except, exceptional eye appeal for that particular issue? So does it stand out against, you know, against you know, a thousand copies of the same card? Does it stand out against other bats or other photos? It's, again, that X factor is becoming more and more meaningful, and you could see it reflected in the prices realized. Well, apparently Zap has left the show, so this is no longer the Great American Collectible Show. This is the John Mallory Show with Joe Orlando and Derek Grady. Uh, Thank God we finally have a quality Myers. host and the show. Oh, oh he's and the show's back to being ruined. There I was just go. about to take this thing to another level, Zap. <laughs> hey, I want to talk to you about our friend Tom Raji and the staff at Destiny Wealth Management. If you're a card or memorabilia collector, have you ever thought about how to manage your collection in the long term? I know I have. I look at my personal collection and through the advice and expertise of Tom Rudgey, I've learned that you need a professional to help you categorize, evaluate, and eventually put a liquidation plan together with dealers or auctioneers if you or your family decide to sell the collection. Most importantly, you're going to be concerned with and you should understand the tax ramifications when you do liquidate. Although Zap and JM have begged Rico multiple times to include them when he departs with his 40th home run ball or maybe his 1967 World Series glove, Rico's not going to do that. He's going to go to Tom Ruggi and the staff at Destiny Wealth Management. And don't forget, Ruggi Wealth Management will also handle your investment needs. That's Ruggi Wealth Management, the go-to company to manage your collectible decisions. We're going to get back to the national right after this. Pristine Auction is a family-owned and operated online auction specializing in autograph memorabilia, sports cards, coins, art, and collectibles. Since their founding in 2010, they've grown to two facilities in Phoenix, Arizona, totaling over 60,000 square feet. Jared Cavalli and an incredible staff of over 150 team members serve a very large customer base and enjoy every minute of it. By working with leading authentication companies, Pristine ensures all items are 100% authentic. 
In addition, third-party authenticators regularly travel to Pristine Auction to provide authentication services on-site. Pristine Auction strives to operate its business in a way that's honoring to God, their families, and their customers. With a strong focus on speed, quality, and premier customer service, their mission is to be the leading online auction for every level of collector and fan. Pristine also works for Hope Sports and Identity Hoops International, traveling to Mexico to build houses for the less fortunate. Pristine Auction offers several online auction formats with thousands of auctions ending each day. For more information, go to pristineauction.com. That's Pristine Auction, the best in the business. If you're a discerning collector interested in owning the most important pieces in the hobby, look no further than Leland's Auctions. The original sports auction and appraisal house, Leland's was established in 1985 by legendary pioneer founder Joshua Leland Evans. And today, President Mike Hefner carries on the tradition. From the Tom Brady card and memorabilia collection, to the famed Boston Garden auction, to high-end card auctions from every major sport. Leland's has always maintained the highest standards. Go to Leland's.com and get your bid in. That's Leland's, the hobby's leading sports auction house for four decades. It's often been said that championships are won on the practice field, and world records come only to those willing to work harder than everybody else. Heritage Auctions is the world's largest collectibles auctioneer because we believe that becoming the best is only an invitation to the challenge of remaining the best. This requires the skills of the hobby's top experts, capable of identifying and maximizing value for our consigners. It requires the most visited website in the industry, courting a global audience of collectors over a million and a half strong. It requires a dedicated press department that expands our global reach far beyond the entrenched hobby marketplace. It's hard work, but a simple premise. Present the finest collectibles to the largest population of potential buyers, and world records will come. We invite all listeners to put the unmatched power of Heritage Auctions to work for you. Auction evaluations are always free, and our commission-based fee structure ensures that our interests are always aligned. The highest possible price for your collectibles. There will always be new world records to chase, so let's chase them together. Visit our website at ha.com and request your no-obligation review today. Hi, this is Dan from Memory Lane Auctions, here to remind you that the renowned Memory Lane Collectibles Company has served as a beacon of light to the collecting community for the past several decades. Indeed, folks, it has been our utmost privilege and pleasure to provide the most enthusiastic collectors with an abundance of the finest sports cards and memorabilia for America's most coveted sports personalities via our world-class auctions. Whether you choose either a private sale transaction or the auction route, Memory Lane cordially invites you to reach out to us to maximize the value of your prized possessions. Also, it is not just sales that we pride ourselves on being the best of the rest, because if you are seeking a particular keepsake for your esteemed gathering, we will be relentless in our quest to find that special piece to fulfill your collecting dreams. So no time to wait. Reach out to us today for the purposes of capitalizing on our unparalleled marketing capabilities. Simply pick up the phone and dial 877-606-5263. That's 877-606-LANE 
or find us on the World Wide Web at www.memorylaneinc.com. Now is the time for your valued consignment to ultimately become another one of Memory Lane's record-setting prices. They are prized possessions, and you need a place to store them that is safe and secure. The eBay Vault is exactly that, an insured, climate-controlled facility with state-of-the-art security that guards your valuable collection around the clock. Your vault account is protected by two-step verification and easily accessible through eBay Collection. And everything stored in the eBay Vault is backed by Authenticity Guarantee. Buying and selling is a seamless experience. When you buy an eligible card on eBay, it can be sent directly to the eBay Vault at checkout. Or, if it's already in the eBay Vault, you can just keep it there. And selling from the eBay Vault is just as easy. Every card in the vault has been expertly inspected, detailed, and photographed, so you can quickly sell it with a pre-populated listing. And if your buyer chooses to withdraw their card from the eBay vault, we handle packing, shipping, and insurance. And same goes for you. If you want that rare rookie card in your hands, you can have it shipped to you at any time. Collect like a pro with the eBay vault. CSA Shows is proud to present the Chantilly Show being held on March 31st, April 2nd held at the Dulles Expo Center in Chantilly, Virginia, just minutes away from Dulles International Airport. Celebrating over 27 years at the same location, there'll be over 300 dealer tables exhibiting on over 100,000 square feet of space. With both vintage cards and memorabilia, as well as modern-day sports collectibles, you won't have to look very far for that special card, bat, ball, or autograph. Major auction houses and third-party grading companies will be on site to assist you with your collecting and authentication needs. Some of your favorite superstars will be on hand, including football greats Trevor Lawrence, Jamar Chase, CeeDee Lamb, Micah Parsons, Randy Moss, Emmett Smith, and many, many more. For more information, go to csashows.com. That's csashows.com. That's the Chantilly Show, where you can find all of your sports collectible treasures. Now let's get back to the National 2022 in Atlantic City. So we're here at the National, obviously. How big, and you've worked now for a bunch of different companies in this business, how big is the national in the yearly business plan of a collectibles company? I mean, where, do, where does it rate? What does it mean? A what kind of prep of goes companies? into being here for a company, the many that are here right now? You know, it, it's, it's the, the annual showcase. So it's not so much about the revenue generated on site. It's a, it's a chance for all of these companies to meet people face-to-face, um, develop those relationships because look that's what this whole hobby is about anyway it's the relationships that you develop and you can do that in person of course here at the national so I think it's extremely important from that perspective do you have to be at the national if you're in this business I, I think so yeah now not everyone is but right. I absolutely believe you should yeah. be here yeah. what do you think about that Zab? you've been a fan of it for a long time hey, listen I'm a big 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 proponent of the national uh, I think it is it's the mecca of this hobby in this industry I'm not sure that if you're a dealer you have to be here uh, I'm not sure you do and the only reason being is because quite frankly there's a lot of dealers that can't afford to be here yeah you're right you know? but with that being said I think that if you're a dealer, a small dealer in some little small town in the Midwest, you should make every effort to get out here to visit and kind of, you know, get the lay of the land. And, you know, there's some great deals here. Yeah. There really are. Derek, what does the national mean to Heritage? Oh, I mean, this is the show where we get to display, just put on a world-class display. 
Right. With the, you know, I mean, we can't do that at every show around the country. It's just not feasible to bring in, you know, four or five security guards, a museum. Like, if, you know, I think we have 50 display cases, you know, jewelry cases over there. And that would just be un, not doable more than a couple times a year and take, you know, 20 employees out of the office. I, it, this is what we, where we like to highlight our brand. And we were, you know, this is, we want to do the national every year. We get excited to put every, put everything out and meet the clients, meet the dealers. You know, it's just, a, it's a, we really enjoy it. Um, especially this year with, you know, with having such an iconic card front and center where we can, you know, connect with all our clients and they take pictures with it and can bid in the auction right there. But any questions on any of the lots, I'd love to do more shows and maybe someday, I mean, we do do them to take consignments in and we display a little bit, but I love our display and being able to do this. And, you know, if another show comes out like the National, we do a couple of years someday, I'd, I'd love to do more than one. But this is, you know, Zap said, you know, not all dealers can afford it. I would disagree. If you're in this as a business, you can split a table. I know lots of guys here, mom and pop dealers even, they can split a table with somebody and put out a showcase on somebody's table. Or, you know, as Zap said, you, you come and you give out business cards and you make connections. This is where it happens. Yeah, no so. doubt. And, and I think for the consumer as well, this is the place where it happens. And, and I think Derek said it. Rico kind of mentioned it earlier, too. It, it's a place where... You mentioned asking questions. Someone can literally come in, Joe, and, and see the person that they, maybe, the, you know, the, the company they see online, or maybe they hear them on the greatest Great American Collectibles show. You can meet that person and ask a question. Right. And I, I know we live in a different world now <laughs> where, you know, we're behind our computers and phones yep. and, and that sort of thing more. But I, at least it's in my personal, humble opinion, that nothing can replace the in-person interaction, that personal touch. And again, I mean, uh, developing those relationships, I think, is the most important thing. Yeah. Well, you know, you guys, you know, Heritage, you guys are really the template for the auction houses across the country when it comes to sports. How many, how many locations do you guys have? So I mean, how many, no, not offices? Departments. How many departments is there? Oh, man. I think we have roughly 30, oh, 35 to 40 departments. I mean, the sports department is just one of, you know, you've got fine art. You've got uh, coins. You've got ep comics, wine. Really? Yeah. Can you get me a good uh, deal on Boone's Farm? On what? Boone's Farm. <laughs> is that a wine? case of Boone's Farm Apple wine. Okay. Okay. Yeah. We'll just go online, ha.com, go to the wine department and go bid. <laughs> I, I like the, the, the I'm box getting wine. you anything. You know, you know the stuff you put in your refrigerator? You can just open it up and... I doubt we sell that. We sell rare wine. Are we still doing a show? I don't just know. Just asking the question. <laughs> <laughs> All right, listen. I, you know, I just stumbled upon, before Rico left, I found this photo of Rico. <laughs> Where'd you find it? <laughs> it was it was in my folder and I said, hey, before you leave, I want you to sign this. So this is a really, really Joe, how would you grade this? Um, it's a really, uh, really terrible giveaway. Yeah. <laughs> really awful. No, I, I think Derek just answered the question. <laughs> no, I would, however, just, I would grade it just above the photo booth at a, however, at a local beach. It is signed. <laughs> an arcade, it is right? signed. It is signed. By Red Sox Hall of Famer. It is. So I think it, it, it has some merit. And this is a boxing question. And Joe Orlando, you're out because I know you're a boxing <laughs> freak. Raging Bull, the classic 1980 movie, is about what boxer? 
This guy in the back. Come get your official Rico Petroselli. I think he was drunk when he signed this. Stuff. I think it's like a... <laughs> I mean, give him a t-shirt with it, too. All right, you get a t-shirt, too. There you go. Washington football team. Commanders. Commanders now. Yeah. Oh, that's good. That's good. You what? Who'd you get? Let me see. You just pulled that out of the back, the Beckham card? All right, come around here right now. <laughs> see, now all of a sudden Grady wants the pack back. Right. Yeah, wait a second here. I don't have and, any and, witnesses. Uh, Tom, are you to. looking for a taste? you want your, your, your taste of the action? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> okay, so sit down here. Kid's wow. been raising his hand for 20 minutes. No well, one's listening to him. Now so all of a sudden was, he's on the show. This is one of the packs that Grady, Grady <laughs> he's a co-host flipped, now. <laughs> right? And what's your name, young fella? You have I'm to, Zane. Are you going to talk on the mic? I'm Zane. Zane? Yes. That's a cool name. Thank you. All right, so what did you win here? Um, I'm not really sure with uh, soccer. I don't know anything about <laughs> soccer. You cards. can't use your hands. <laughs> yeah, it's a David Beckham signed, numbered 14 out of 99, Noir car, Panini Noir, um, whatever you want to call it. I mean, look, I know it's worth something. It's a signed David Beckham card. All right, so he he pulled a signed David Beckham card. Is this the out best of one prize we've ever Congratulations, given out? Zane. Thank you. Zane, I'll give you three bucks for it right now. <laughs> Deal? Sure. We have a holder. Let's see if I've got a holder. I think you should get a T-shirt too. I think you should, I think you should get a T-shirt and a holder. And a holder. Con <laughs> congratulations. I, I know nothing about it. Hey, Derek, it's are you okay. handing him a uh, heritage consignment agreement? Yeah, I think that's probably what I should do. <laughs> yeah. You know, Grady just Zane, don't quit. don't sign anything don't sign from anything. Derek. <laughs> Grady will not quit. I don't have any. I didn't bring a holder over here, but if you go over to the heritage booth, we'll give it to you. Maybe somebody in the crowd has a holder for this young man, a card saver. Right behind me. Go to, you, you've just grab taken one, the soccer card, those. so take the holder. You can grab one of those. Congratulations, Zane. Don't trip. Man. That's great. So it, this it is a good time to, to listen ask, to the show. Or this is a good time crowd. to ask this question to, to both you guys, and that is we have a lot of young people at this show. Obviously, we have a lot of young people right here in our audience, and I'm not talking about go buy this because you'll make money on it. But generally speaking, you can talk about the, the monetary aspect of it. What advice would you, someone that's been in the business a long time, give to a young person that wants to start collecting cards or any other kind of memorabilia? Well, I, I would give them the same advice that we talked about earlier, which is to, to, to do what you love. Do it because you, you want to do it, not to try to ignore what we talked about earlier. Try, try to push the financial side out. Now, look, is it super exciting to, to, to pull yeah. an awesome card out of a pack? I would be excited, too. So there's nothing wrong with that. But do it. See, if, if, you, if you go with your, your passion, it's something you're really into, then you'll build upon it over time, and you'll stick with it. Um, and I would say try to avoid, try to avoid temporary trends. And um, to go back on to that great a great piece of advice. On that. Because... Things kind of come and go um, in the industry, um, and there are things that you know. Derek talked about this earlier. There are blue chip 
type collectibles that stand the test of time. And, and, and let me just say this. Let me back up a little bit. The one thing about modern that I would just caution people about is that it's super exciting. Look, I collected modern in my, in my day, right? And we all did, right? right. Modern is exciting, especially today, because you can follow all of these players, all of these teams. It's a reality show right in front of your face, right? But I, when you start to step up and put more money into your collection, just, just understand that modern comes with a different kind of risk than vintage. Because, look, we, I don't know if you guys have talked about it, but you know the story came out, what was it, yesterday or the day before, about Mike Trout might have a... yeah. A that's back a issue good, that could linger point. for, for yeah. the rest of his career. I think, now, I think, I think Zion Williamson be- has become kind of the poster boy for what you're talking about, too, a little bit. Because of the yeah. injuries. Not his fault. Yeah. But he was a, a big box office, you know, cash cow, you might say, for this industry. And then he hasn't played. Wow. But see, here's the thing. You can collect Zion. You can collect Trout. Cards that are worth two, three dollars. You could yeah. also collect <laughs> Zion and Trout cards that are worth six and seven figures. Right. So, as you put more money into this, just just understand that with modern, they're still on the field. They could get hurt. They could have off the field controversies. Yeah. Just understand that doesn't mean you shouldn't do it. Just be co- you know aware of it as you build your collection. That's Before right. we continue, and I agree with you, Joe. Uh, the little gentleman, Zane, that pulled that card, the value of that card is between 500 and $800? It, it looked like... <clears throat> I'm sorry? Nine? Wow. $990. bucks. that, that card. That was the last was Congratulations, call. Zane. So that's, that's a real-time number. I right, tell you what, I'll give you 12 good. bucks for it. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, you're making a good point, Joe, and I want you to chime in on this, too. Where, we, no, we've talked about this. You know, John Morant, you pull a, he's, he's a, a, an Achilles away from a disaster if you're investing big in his cards. Yeah. Point being, Joe is saying that, you know, there's nothing wrong with buying those cards, but you just have to be careful and don't put all of your eggs in one basket. Yeah, but if you were if you were going to listen to me earlier, Tom, I think I used that <laughs> term exactly. Don't put your eggs all in one basket. Diversify. Definitely buy some vintage. It's it's okay to have some cool vintage cards. It's okay to have some wax boxes that you don't open. I know it's tempting. I bought. I have some from the 80s. It's a good idea to have the wax boxes. So if Morant pulls something, you still got the other players in there too. You know, like Joe alluded to, Mike Trout is having some injury issues. You know, the guy that paid $4 million for Mike Trout card is probably not really happy right now. Um, but either way, he's still an outstanding player. Um, diversify, collect modern, collect vintage, buy some wax boxes, or just buy whatever you want. It's your money. You know, so. we've talked about this, JM. Uh, ad nauseum on the show about the way we look at investing in vintage and modern cards. We look at a vintage investment as kind of a blue tro- a blue chip stock. That's right. Right. We always say Babe Ruth stats aren't changing. Babe Ruth's dead. Right. There's, there's, not, there's no <laughs> right. new cards coming. He's not going into a slump tomorrow. Right. right. So, so that's kind of like buying a blue chip stock and then investing in a modern or ultra-modern card is kind of like, I don't want to say a penny stock. Crypto. That can, cr- crypto. That's perfect. Oh, that's crypto. why I'm here. Crypto. Well, it, we've seen stories like this, Zap. Early, we were, I was out doing some interviews. Um, got Derek earlier and a bunch of other people. And I was with uh, our friend at Leland's, Mike Hefner. And they had what was, and still is technically, 
the ball Tom Brady's last touchdown pass. And then Tom Brady retired. That was his last touchdown pass until he said, I'm tired of being at home with the wife and kids. I'm going to come back and play again. Now, they did the right thing from a business standpoint, customer service standpoint with the customer. But that's what we're talking about. Things change so much. And Joe brought up a great point about off-the-field stuff with athletes. We know when we were growing up, uh, we didn't really know what the players were doing afterward and this is even more so when you were growing up in the 40s uh, when they had no nothing no radio no TV just a newspaper on stone they would chisel like the news on stone and uh, the first radio report you ever heard was actually the invention of radio which was interesting <laughs> but, um, and I were very close nobody friends. knew what the players were doing the off the field stuff affects Look, we have a bunch of guys that probably should be in the Hall of Fame that are not now because of steroids, okay? And we know about that now because of news, social media, what have you. So it's just a different animal. Well, you know something? You're bringing up a good point because, you know, off, off the record, behind the scenes, Rico has told me stories. That he took roids. No, no. Rico. Rico, you, you know, you, Rico used to take, he used to OD on marinara sauce. That's right. <laughs> why, don't we ask, why don't we ask the crowd, do we believe... This is in all honesty. Show of hands. Do we think Roger Clemens, Barry Bonds, Mark McGuire? Yep. Sammy be in Sosa. The Hall of Fame. Sammy yep. Sosa. Who thinks they should be in the Hall of Fame? In. Raise your hands. Raise your hands if in. Okay. Raise your hands how many, if out. How many don't think they should be in the Hall of Fame? It's pretty See, split. It's, that's that's it's the an way interesting it's thing. It's, it's it really is. Split. Still. I, I personally, and I'm a Boston Red Sox fan. And I know you disagree with me. I don't think any of any of the three should be in the Hall of Fame. I, I think it's a real tough call for me. I think they made horrible choices based on ego. Okay, I, I think that all three. You know, we're talking about those three. If we're talking about Bonds and Clemens, who's the other one we we just mentioned? Uh, Maguire. Not so much Maguire. Let's put Bonds and Clemens. Those guys. It, it makes me sad because they were both and, Hall. Hold of, on. They what, were both Hall of Famers before they what, did. What about A Rod? Uh, you know, A-Rod, he, he started when he went to Texas, okay? So, I mean, it's a tough call for me. I think eventually they, well, it's tough to say now because they're off the ballot now, so it might Orlando's never happen. Orlando's being real quiet but, in this um, I, no, I just Joe needs to wait. I, I look back on it, and I'm wait, sad wait, wait. for those guys because they were Hall of Famers before they did it. Yeah. yeah. You know? This is a tough subject because on the one hand, you know, it, it technically wasn't even illegal. That's, Tec- Joe, that's, a, that's a huge point. You're right. But, it's a huge but point. But I think the reality is, um, look, for, peop- for the guys that did take it, it, it doesn't make a small difference. Um, <laughs> I think anyone who, who uh, knows athletes um, taking those performance-enhancing drugs, and there's a lot of different kinds, of course, but right. it doesn't make a little difference. It makes a huge difference for some of these guys. And we saw that play out, during, especially in the 1990s. <laughs> we saw that play out with certain players. But it is, I mean, look, to me, it's like if they were the greatest of the period, I think there's a pretty good argument. Just let those guys go in. It was a, you know, maybe the, maybe the era is tainted in a way, but they were the best of their era. You know, JM, I'm going to ask you this question because we both grew up 20 minutes outside the city of Boston. Yeah. And Roger Clemens, at least to me, and I think to you, for the first part of his career, was a god in Boston. A fraud? A god. Oh, a god, yeah. In yeah, Boston. No, a god, he was a yeah. god. Yes, yes. And 
before he got traded, before Dan Duquette, was it Dan Duquette that traded him, yes. right? Before Dan Duquette traded him, he was a shell of his former self for several years. You're right. Not one year, but for several years You're right. prior to him getting traded. And I'm talking three solid years yeah. where he stunk. Yeah. Right? And so Dan Duquette did what he had to do. And then all of a sudden, two years later, he's 75 pounds heavier. And he wins 434 Cy Young Awards. Yeah. No, I know. I mean, yeah. it, there's, there's got to be something said there. I agree. And, you know, A-Rod, when he came out, he said that he did it because he went to Texas, felt the pressure of the $250 million contract, which was a big contract back then. That's why he started doing it. But it's a tough call. You know, David Ortiz was on a list. I know. For I know. steroids. It was never actually proven, but, but he's beloved. And I think that has a lot to do with it, guys. Barry Bonds and Roger Clemens were not beloved. Correct. David Ortiz is beloved by point. everyone. And God That's bless him for being point. like that. You know, but that affects it, too. There, there there is some. There is. There was a silver lining, though, to it, and you, I think you're going to have to agree with this. Were you there? The 1999 All Star. Oh, that was fantastic. Was on the home run <laughs> derby. Uh, for those of you, I don't know if for those of you great. that know Boston, behind the, the the wall at Fenway Park, behind the Green Monster, is a street. It's called Lansdowne Street, and for the home run derby that night, you could not move on Lansdowne Street. Yeah. There were thousands and thousands and thousands of people yep. fighting as the balls, as Mark McGuire, Mark McGuire and batting Sammy Sosa, was, oh my God, and, yeah. uh, uh, and Barry Barnes were launching right. over the green monster. Right. Yep. It was amazing. This young lady had a, her hand up for a question. You want to ask? Sure. Oh, hand her the mic. Uh, no, that one. <laughs> Thanks. Okay, is it on? It is. So um, I am a teacher, and I feel character counts, and I feel that yes, there should be consequences for your actions, right? And all these young kids are looking up to these athletes. So I feel if a man's character sucks, and he's in prison, and he's done things to people, and dogfighting, etc., he should be out off the field. Because I think a man's character is what defines him. A serial killer could throw a football, right? But he's an evil person. So I think character above all should count, and I think that's what's really lost in the modern era. I mean, I really do. Are you talking about with... Athletes in general. Athletes in general. Athletes in general across the board. Character counts, and I think their mm. character is not always put in the spotlight. You know, and I think it should be. And um, I think they're role models first because a lot of kids look up to them. Yep. And taking drugs to do better in your high school sports is wrong. You know, and I, I think that kids need to realize that to be the better man, to be the better person, you don't do crap like that, plain and simple. And I think that has to be taught. Well said. In my Thank opinion. You. Well said. Totally agree. Thank you very Thank much. You. And I'll, and I'll say this, even even at yes, even at the uh, even at the collegiate level and at the the combines now for all the professional sports, character is as big an issue as how high you can jump and how fast you can run, and that's because they're making huge investments in these athletes and they don't want someone that's going to go off the deep end in a year. Gotcha. I agree. Yeah. Uh, we have a few, is this it? <laughs> yeah, I have been handing the packs out like a madman. A couple more yeah. shirts there. Couple, we got plenty of shirts, and these don't. These I'll don't tell you what. <laughs> okay. I'll tell you what we're going to do. Uh-oh. 
A book? We're going we're gonna to bring out the heavy artillery. <laughs> well, this is getting sold on the floor as soon no, as we're gonna, this and is. Ellen, my beautiful wife happens to be sitting in the audience, and my co-author is sitting here with me. And this is the book uh, that Ellen and I and John uh, just recently released. Actually, the actual official book launch is tomorrow. And it's called The Diamondbacks Collection, 50 of the Greatest Cards in Sports Collecting History. And then this gentleman next to John happened to be a huge contributor to the book. So we're going to give this away. And by the way, if you want to purchase, the, if you're a PSA guy, you're going to get a book for nothing. Uh, they're going to give it to you for being a member. If you want to purchase it, you can get it on our uh, website, TomZapplerMedia.com, or in the next week or two, you can get it on Amazon. And this is a book about the 50 greatest cards in a private collection owned by uh, Ken Kendrick, the owner of the Arizona Diamondbacks. Ken uh, commissioned us to write the book. And if you go down to the collector booth, the 95% of the collection is on display there, on display there. So. We need to, we need a, like a, a little, we have about four minutes left. We need a nice, tough question. What do you got? Man, does it have to be Diamondbacks related? No, no. Okay. Oh, God, Joe, you want to right, help out that? here? Oh, he's got one. I, he's got one. Oh, no, let's I, could, I could ask a question. It might not be tough, and it is Diamondbacks related. All right, go. So why don't we, we'll throw this one Alan, out can there. you come up here? We want to give it away anyway. So the Arizona Diamondbacks beat the Yankees. In the 2001 World Series. Correct. Who got the game-winning hit for the Diamondbacks? Oh, we could, uh, no. no, we had a tie. That's no, tough. See, I only have one book. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, who do we, who, how do we break the tie? How do you only have one book? You wrote the book. I, <laughs> we wrote one book. Oh, okay. <laughs> I tell you he what. Only commissioned, he only commissioned one he, book. Okay. <laughs> It's a one of one. All right, so here's what we do. This man, is, he's, he's deferring to him, correct? All right, so give him, you get kids, grandkids, give him four T-shirts. Okay. Now. Is he, is he coming uh, up here? Come on up. Okay. And you get the book. And you get the book. <laughs> four T-shirts. Ellen, now wow. you have to come up. Enjoy, sir. Thank you. Thank you very much. That was very nice of you. They all jumped up. <laughs> you want sure. To you, want to, you can speak. <laughs> I love it. This is interaction. We want this. Uh, uh, this is point counterpoint. We're loving it. Not to uh, take the, uh, the the well to take the opposite side. Barnes did the drugs. We'll say that. But you still got to hit it. You could inject me with steroids from now till the cows come home. And I'm not going to hit 795 home runs. I'm not. Gonna, I'm just not going to do it. You still got to hit it. I mean, one year he hit, he hit what, the 63 or whatever he hit, 75, whatever. His uh, on base for his OPS Thank you. was like 1,400. I mean, that's incredible. I mean, you can't. You still got to hit it. I mean, doing steroids does not necessarily make you stronger. Enjoy. Doing steroids gives you the ability to work out longer, and you get stronger by working out longer. The steroids themselves do nothing for you. Not that I'm, a, I'm not a Bonds fan, but you still got to hit it, and you still got to put the work in. Just, Thank you very much. Excellent. Thank you. Nice kind of Thank point. you, sir. Thank All right, you. we're just Thank about you. wrapped. We've got uh, 
enjoy. <laughs> I can't throw. I uh, can't throw that. Here we go. One. <laughs> oh, gee, two. Uh, we want to take this opportunity to thank all of you for yes, joining thank us. thank you very much. We had a blast. Thank you. Remember to watch the show. Thanks to uh, Joe this and show Derek actually too. is going to be on next Wednesday night on all the different platforms. We're on every Wednesday night at 6.30. We hope you join us. 6.30 Eastern Time. With that being said, we love you guys and happy collecting.